Welcome to the Lovecraft Tales, a brief fictional interlude to tide you over until the next episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Enjoy. Welcome. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and on this episode, the cast members of the Lovecraft Tapes podcast will be selecting our top three recommendos of 2017. As you know, we like to end every episode with recommendations that might be of interest to our listeners. For example, Matt likes to focus on indie games, Brian doles out his favorite animated movies and shows, and Gabe is really into wrestling. I mean, really into it. Almost unnaturally addicted to sweaty men pretending to fight one another, dressed in tight shorts? Oh well, everyone has their thing, right? Speaking of which, I decided to give a little love in my top three to different genres. In the number three slot, I've selected the drama podcast Life After, produced by GE Podcast Theater and the Panoply Network. Told over the course of ten episodes, the story revolves around a rookie FBI agent whose wife has recently died, and he isn't able to cope with his grief. An acquaintance suggests he try Life After, a new technology to which you upload audio of the deceased, and then the artificial intelligence simulates them for life-after-death interaction. At first, it seems like a godsend, but then he stumbles across a secret society of other like-minded folks who have a darker intent spurred by the AI. The plot unfolds like a fast-paced spy thriller, with some predictable plot turns and occasional voice overacting but still scratches an itch if you dig government conspiracies, technology gone haywire, or cultist activity. Since encountering Life After in early 2017, I've since discovered better drama podcasts, but this one stuck with me for quite a while. For number two, I chose the long-awaited rock album from Roger Waters' Is This the Life We Really Want? Not quite the bombastic kick to the chops that Amused to Death is, the new record is still a haunting elegy to our fading humanity. Roger laments that most people prefer to sit quietly on their couch, mindlessly absorbing the atrocities on TV, and becoming complicit in the acts by opting to do nothing about them. His jabs at authority figures, including Trump, quote, a nincompoop for president, unquote, are sharp, painful reminders that American society has veered away from aspirational intentions and has instead become willfully unmindful, ready to trade freedom for the illusion of security, accidental drone destruction of innocent foreigners on their own soil, in their own kitchens, just baking bread or boiling down some bones, nailing the feet of prisoners to the floor at Guantanamo Bay, ignoring the pleas of fleeing people, who only wish to escape hellish conditions and find a place to live, work, exist. These are our blind crimes, and it takes a visionary like Waters to force us to see again. Finally, in the number one spot is, you guessed it, a horror movie. Well, kind of. The film Cuso defies description, actually. It's a fluid musical video anthology of disgusting, horrific, and mesmerizing set pieces which diverge, coalesce, then converge, forming a monstrous eight-legged beast of depravity. As most of you probably know by now, I love the surreal. 
Kuso has it for miles. It would be useless to try and break down the plot because there really isn't one. Instead, I recommend you let it wash over you as a series of images and sensations that are meant to evoke a wide range of emotions and knee-jerk reactions. Think of it as a roller coaster. If you have a strong stomach, you might just survive it. I also suggest you keep a strong beer close at hand and plan on not eating for a while, before or after. And for Cthulhu's sake, please don't eat during. I'm not saying Kuso is the best movie ever, and it is definitely not for most people, but it is the one film that stood out from the pack of horror flicks I've consumed this year. I still think about some of the colorful animation or grotesque special effects or hilarious lengths to which some characters go. Maybe when I'm feeling brave, I'll give it a second viewing for fun? And that does it for my top three recommendos of 2017. Let's see what our investigators of the unknown have selected. Good evening, Lovecraft Tapers. Lovecraft Tapesians. Lovecraft Tapenites? Fans of the Lovecraft Tapes. Uh, Matt Zealish here, voice of Dan Williams, and here are my top three recommendos of 2017. Coming in at number three is... Oxenfree. This is a supernatural thriller game where you play a girl named Alex who brings your new stepbrother Jonas to an overnight island party. And in the process of attempting to make the best of your situation, hang out with your friends, you accidentally open uh, a ghostly rift to another world. And from there on out, things kind of get weird. Now, I really didn't expect a whole lot from this game when I first saw it. I had heard good things about it. I had seen some good reviews coming from it, but wow, was this game a surprise. I mean, the story itself is worth the price of admission, honestly, because it doesn't go exactly where you think it goes. It has a couple of points where I was very much like, oh, I get it. This is teen drama and, you know, we're going to end up and everyone's going to be happy and... It, it has some surprisingly dark twists and turns that I really, really enjoyed, along with having great ambience, a uh, really cool art style, and a really unique dialogue system, not too dissimilar from Telltale games, where, you know, your conversations are happening in real time and you only have a limited amount of time to say what you want, and each character is going to react differently to the choices and things you say to them. And there are a lot of points where the things you say and the things you do can affect the ending and the outcome of the story that you have. And I ended up playing this game at least twice just to just because I wanted to to see what happened. And it is honestly honestly worth giving this game a go. Uh, whether you play on Xbox or PC or PlayStation 4, 20 bucks is it should be much, much more expensive. It is amazing, it is surprising, and I loved it. And the only other thing I'm going to say at this point is that you really should play it through twice. Coming in at my number two spot, Stardew Valley. Ah, the rebirth of the classical Harvest Moon game back when the Nintendo 64 was the king console. I played a lot of Harvest Moon 64, and let me tell you, this game scratches an itch that I didn't know that I had for many, many years. It's a farm simulator game. You inherit a, uh, a plot of land from your grandfather in the town of Stardew Valley, and you get there with nothing but some hand-me-down tools and a little bit of money 
and it's up to you to to build up and cultivate your farm whether you want to you know plant lots and lots of crops or you can raise animals and you know sell what they give you you can mine you can fish you can just go foraging and gathering if you want there's a lot here in terms of systems and interactions and things to keep you going and keep you busy it comes with a really great, really diverse cast of characters, uh, most of which are, in fact, marryable. You can go and form relationships with the majority of people in town, which means I lost many, many, many hours to this game, and I can attest that I got several people into this game who never said they were big fans of it, but as soon as I got them playing this, I got several, several text messages and emails from people cursing me out for introducing them to this game, for which you will lose many, many, many hours of your life if you've ever been into the simulator farming kind of Harvest Moon-esque area of gaming. It is a really, really great pixel art style isometric view. It's really hard to describe. It sounds kind of boring but trust me just give it a shot uh 15 bucks you can get it pretty much anywhere pc xbox uh just recently came out on nintendo switch so you have no excuse not to go and buy this i believe the developer said that there's a a co-op multiplayer coming eventually too so you'll be able to run farms with your friends uh before we go on to the number one spot i have to give a couple of shout outs honorable mentions that did not make my three this year but i still absolutely loved go to little nightmares and planet coaster both great games, give them a shot, and I'd have to coin my mobile game. My favorite mobile game of the year has to go to Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. It's an Android and iOS version of Roller Coaster Tycoon 1 and 2 that run on pretty much any device. Sucked away many hours of my time when I should have been taking notes in class. Coming in at number one, Rhyme. Rhyme is a game by a studio called Tequila Works. It's an exploration game. It's a story game. It's, it is something entirely into itself. You play a, a boy who wakes up on a mysterious island with no idea how you got there, who you are, what you're supposed to be doing, and all you get is this tower off in the distance. And this kind of idea of you need to explore this world. It's a gorgeous world too. Really great aesthetic. I don't want to say cartoon-like, but it's almost cell shaded esque It's really, really beautiful. The music to this game is uh, something else I could talk about for hours on its own. The soundtrack is mind-bogglingly amazing. I listen to the soundtrack for fun. The music is that good. I listen to this because it's, it's, it's a fun soundtrack to listen to. It's up there with the likes of Doom. Planet Coaster, I listen to the soundtrack. Fallout 4, I listen to the soundtrack. But this has to be my favorite video game soundtrack that I listen to on a regular basis. So yeah, you explore this island and you kind of solve these environmental puzzles, whether it be moving things around or some light platforming. And nothing is ever too difficult, but it doesn't have to be because the game isn't about the difficulty. It's about this this story. And I'm I'm warning you now, I'm trying not to say too much because it's best to go into this game totally and utterly blind because if you if you read into it or read reviews or too many spoilers it kind of ruins it i went into this game blind i made sure everyone i recommended it to went in blind don't read anything else about this game don't go looking anything else up uh, just just go play it's the most expensive on my list at 30 dollars, but it is the ending alone is worth the $30. And I'm not going to say anything about it other than ton of bricks. I do have to warn you, there have been notes of people who've had uh, problems in terms of it can be a little stuttery in places. It'll frame drop every now and then. I saw this on my Xbox. I've seen it on PC. 
And while some people can't handle that, I honestly thought it was worth pushing through the technical issues just to, for the story alone and for the visuals and the sound. So forewarning if you're super picky about smooth games and frame rate drops. I mean, honestly, just, just go ahead and give this a shot. Uh, well, there you go. My top three and a few others of, of uh, 2017. Here's looking forward to another great year with all of our listeners here on the Lovecraft Tapes uh, 2018 and many years beyond. Get your wallets ready because you're going to have to buy a lot of games in 2018. Trust me. See you next year. Well, it's the end of 2017 and I have had quite the year. It's the first year that I joined this podcast, so it's been exciting for me. And I have been introduced to recommendos, not recommendations. That'd be too easy. Starting with my number three for the year, it is Oh Hello on Broadway. It's a Netflix original starring Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. And it is a play basically about other plays, but it's really funny. It is... A lot of old man humor, Steely Dan and the such, which I enjoy. It's probably the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. And if you know those two, you know this style of humor. So going into it, you know that it'll be excellent. It ran on Broadway for a while, and it has really created a cult following with them because every show they do, like if you actually go see it, it's not going to be the same as what you'll see on Netflix because they do a lot of improv and they always have different people coming on. On the Netflix one, for example, they have Steve Martin as a guest, but he's not always there sometimes. They'll have guys like Donald Fagan and other people that they know or love their sense of humor, so they let them be on. And it is just the funniest thing Netflix has ever produced because those two are hysterical. Uh, Moving on to my number two, I would be remiss if I left a wrestling thing off because that's sort of my thing. It's uh, something I'm way too into. The greatest wrestling event of the year is the Battle of Los Angeles, and it is simply because it is so many good people, a weekend of pure excitement, the wrestling is the best you'll ever see, and that is because people want to participate in it. The company that produces it is not a rich company, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. They are so close-knit with their wrestlers that they don't even have to pay them that much because the people love being a part of it, and it's just excellent. Um, So that's the Battle of Los Angeles. It happens every year, usually at the beginning of September, in Reseda, California, and their discs are available on their website or on Amazon. They also have many great other wrestling shows that are excellent as well. And my number one favorite recommendo of the year has to be my first. It was my first for a reason and is the album Pink Season by Filthy Frank, simply because it's everything I like in an album. I mean, I'm sure it's more just nostalgic for me, and it's, you know, it's offensive, it's funny, and it's over the top, but I have a lot of good memories listening to this album. Me and my friends listen to it all the time still. I've bought merch for it, which is not something I usually do. I just love it. The songs crack me up still, and I've gotten to the point where I know almost all the words. It's just one of those albums that if you're not thin-skinned, if you're thick-skinned and you like sort of edgy humor, it's something you can get into because it's just so funny. It's so satirical at points, but most of the time it's like shitpost humor. This is funny and there's no reason it's funny, but it's funny for sure. And it's just a lot of fun, so that would be Pink Season and... I'm glad I'm still peddling it this far down the road from when it came out. It's coming up on its year anniversary. I've had a great time with this over the year. 
I'm glad I'm still a part of it, and I hope there's many more recommendos to come, so Happy New Year. Happy Holidays! This is Brian Johnson from the Lovecraft Tapes here to give you some of my favorite recommendos from the past year. Number three is Voltron. This is a DreamWorks reboot exclusive to Netflix and in its third season. It's about five teenagers that become the last line of defense for the galaxy in an intergalactic battle against the evil alien force led by King Zarkon. It has everything that was great from the first series that was released in 1984. I get so much remembrance for my childhood from this TV show. It has great animation and a very mature storyline. I think it's great for everyone. Okay, and my number two pick is RiffTracks.com. The former stars from Mystery Science Theater 3000, basically they all got together and started this company up. They create commentaries for B-movies, oddities, shorts, and Hollywood blockbusters. It's like watching a movie with your funniest friends. It's hilarious. They have an extensive library for streaming or downloading. You also get a free movie on your birthday. I highly suggest checking out RiffTracks.com. And my number one pick for 2017 is Movie Pass. Basically, it's a movie subscription. You pay $9.95 a month with no commitments. You can cancel any time. I know I sound like a commercial. Basically, you get to see a movie per day every day if you would like. I've had my membership for about three months, and I've saved it. I spent maybe, what, 30 bucks, a little under 30 bucks in the, in the three months. And I've seen 13 movies. It's worth every penny if you like to go to the movies, or if maybe there's a movie that you weren't quite sure about, you didn't want to shell out the 10 or 12 or 15 bucks to go see it. Well, this way, it's all covered. $10 a month, and you can go to 30 movies a month. It's insane. They're also working on a premium service that's going to hopefully include IMAX and 3D movies. So definitely check them out as well. And those are my picks for 2017. Happy New Year! The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2017. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com.